going on, everybody? This is T from the Philly Experience Podcast, and on behalf of my family and the rest of the Philly Experience Podcast family, we want to wish you all a happy and safe holiday and a happy and safe new year. This is be our second annual best of episode, so we hope you sit back and you enjoy. And at the end of the video, I um, decided to add something a little extra to the video. Um, as many of you know, I just started my job as a producer at 94WIP. And so there's some content in there that featured me. So I just hope you enjoy and I hope you continue to support us on our journeys. Again, dive into the playoffs and lose at home to the Seahawks in a tough competitive game. Mm -hmm. However, just wasn't meant to be. Wentz gets hurt and we're going to dive into it right now. So, T. Yep. I'm back. Great end of the season for the Eagles. Yeah. Well, as far as the regular season goes. Yeah, you can you know, call it that, sure. They dive into the playoffs. They get Seattle, they, which we all and they didn't they didn't dive into the playoffs. No. Like, they they limped. All right. They limped. No, they finished they, hold on, they finished they finished strong. Four in a row. Winning streak. So games. so they had some they, again, they it was weaker opponents, I understand that, but they did uh get into the playoffs on a high note, yeah, winning with, the division. Yeah, with how many injuries? No, understandable, understandable. Look. But, hey, it's a new season once the playoffs start. And I think everybody in this room can agree that they had a, a le- at least a little bit of hope that we could have beaten the Seahawks. Hold up. We say, we say that it's a new season when you go, when you get into the playoffs. But what is this, man? Look, we what, we can just turn off the injuries now, and all of a sudden everything is all right and merry? No, no. no. Look. Well, hey, listen. Okay. Jay. Listen, T. <laughs> all because we're not going to the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean we can't take some positives out of this past season. T's been half glass empty all day. Look, we I I believed in Carson Wentz and his band of merry men. Greg, Greg Ward. I know you don't know who these people are. Boston Scott. Those oh. are the only two names I, I know. Josh Perkins. Yeah, who? Jo- our third tight end. Yeah, who? Uh, hey, he he has hands, man. You gotta believe in Josh oh Perkins. Oh my gosh! Here he's, we go. Hey, he's got hands. Here we go. Better hands than some I feel you though. We did start with Jeffrey Jackson. Aguilar, even though he didn't play as uh, we yeah. hoped he did. Yeah. Then we finished with Ward Burnett. Is that his name? And then Davis. Yeah, and I don't know where Ortega was. Oh. But um, I still don't know where Ortega is. <laughs> that, that's what we were finished with. We had yeah. ridiculous. What Chris said, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. What's surprising? I, I is, believe in that man. What's surprising is Boston Scott has been one of the one of the little surprises that's you know come through the rankings of the practice squad, all because of Darren Sproles' injury, and then eventually he, him going on to say that he's going to retire. Which honestly, y'all know how I feel about Darren Sproles. I said that from the beginning of the season that Darren Sproles should not have come back. The Eagles should not have brought Darren Sproles back, nah. and now all of a sudden. I don't know if you guys were listening to the press conference, but apparently now Howie Roseman wants to infuse youth into the squad. And I'm just sitting here going, well, why the hell didn't you do it before? Like, did you really think it was a good idea to have, what, the fourth oldest team in the NFL? Like, are you kidding me right now? Is that what it was? Yes. Is that a fact? Yeah. Offense. Yes. And Ryan Tannehill, and man, that's I'm sorry, that's such a cool story. The playoffs. Ryan Tannehill has revived his crazy career. playoffs yes. this season. How about we go NFC predictions here? Packers. It's going to be the Chiefs and the Niners. It's the Super Niners. Bowl. I'm stamping it right now. I agree with that. I think it's going to be Chiefs, Chiefs and, Niners. and Niners. I think the offense for Kansas City Titans, with Niners. Patty Mahomes is just going to be too much. Hey, I wouldn't mind seeing the Titans. Titans. They, they, See, their last Super Bowl, they lost by a, a yard, right? I don't know, y'all. That Green Bay defense, man, they can play They can play tough as nails, man. Tim passes away at the age of 41 in a helicopter crash. And, T, I got to say, that intro there really hit home, especially listening to David Stern, who we recently lost as well. Mm-hmm. You know, those two were iconic 
around the NBA landscape. Easily. And, you know, I got to I gotta mention this. When I first heard the news, you know, TMZ reported it and uh-huh. everything they say, you got to pause, yeah. you know, fact check everything. And when, when you know, you everybody found out, you know, CNN, um, ESPN, all the big-time networks start reporting the news, it, it really, like, stops you. You know, you go numb. And it's just uh, a really, really unfortunate situation. I thought, you know, we didn't have all the facts at first, and then mm-hmm. we find out his daughter was with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it it's one of those things where I, I try to think about, in the past, other sport athletes. The first person that comes to mind is Roy Halladay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, he was piloting his own plane at the time. You know, Kobe wasn't even the pilot. There's two of them in there. And um, from the from the facts that I've heard were that it was obviously very foggy. And they were, didn't get high enough up into the, the air. And, uh, you know, crashing into that mountain and or the hills, I should say, is... Oh, man, really, really tough day today. It it, it, it was. Um, the way I found out, actually, Tanner had hit up the group text. And I thought he was joking. Like, I, I literally thought... I, I literally thought that Tanner was joking. What? And I'm like, Tanner, that's not something you play around with. Like, don't, don't play around with me like that. I'm like, Tanner, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, there, there's no way, no way. And then Chris was like, T, it's all over the news, and yeah. I hit Twitter, and man, I was, my heart sunk, man. I, I was devastated because here it is, for me personally, growing up, Michael Jordan, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time, and in my opinion, nobody has come close to Jordan in this modern era. But Kobe Bryant. I mean, and you know what? And it's so funny because watching those two growing up, that's where my me looking at film, that's where it all started from. Because I would watch Jordan for hours and then I would look at Kobe for hours. And if you really look back and look at the way those two played, Kobe Bryant took so much from Jordan. The fadeaway, the jump shot, the mentality. He modeled his game almost identical to Jordan and it was um, I'm I'm still in shock I'm still devastated and my prayers are with the families all families involved and I know for me this, this yeah it, this has definitely been a hard one to swallow yeah it, it doesn't feel real and Max when you said it in the intro I, it's it still did not feel real I had um I had to go and think about it it's just I have no words for it. It just feels unreal. Yeah. Um, when I heard the news, I was at the KOP mall, and actually before I heard the news, I saw Tobias Harris, but he didn't look like he was interested in anyone. He was just wanted to get out of there, and he didn't look too happy either. Mm-hmm. But then right after I saw Tobias Harris, I look at my phone, and I see this terrible news. I was like, this, this can't be real. This has got to be something messed up with the media or something, and then... Just, just like uh, everyone, fact check and then find out how this terrible news is true. Yeah. If I can, if I could go back um, on a personal note, um, I lost my aunt, who really, two weeks ago I lost my aunt, who, who really, you know, drove home education to me. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be on this path now. I wouldn't be in this booth talking to you guys, and there probably wouldn't be no Philly experience. And you know, having to bury her and then this happening, man, 
when I say I got my mentality from Kobe, you guys ask me, you know, how, you know, T, how do you, how do you go hard in everything that you do? Man, it was from Kobe. It was from Kobe. Um, my aunt really drove home education, but it was, it's Kobe's mentality that pushes me and drives me every day. Listen, every day I get up at 4, 430 in the morning. <clears throat> I say my prayers and I immediately start going to work. Depending on the time of the year, I'm either breaking down film or I'm writing down notes for the show. And then I'm I'm out the door for classes. Then I'm off to work. Depending on the day, I'm here in the studio or I'm someplace else catching up on homework or doing homework. And I don't get home till 9, 10 o'clock. And then the day repeats itself again. The reason why I go so hard, I adopted... Kobe Bryant's mentality to my everyday life. That's how I live. Whatever I do, I put 110% into everything that I do. I put my heart, my soul, my blood, my sweat, my tears, the same thing he would do every night on the court. The one thing about me is if something fails, at least I can go back and say, hey, you know what? I put my all into it, and that's the best I, that's the best I could do. And I can go to sleep with peace. And that's what Kobe did night in and night out. He would not leave that court unless he put his all into it. And his his work mentality was something to just admire. It was unimaginable. How hard he worked. He refused to allow anybody to be better than him. And that's the mentality that I carry. That's the reason why I do this here with you guys. It's the reason, it's what drives me to get up every day. I refuse to allow anybody to be better than me. And I think as a society, man, this really, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, This is tragic. And you know what, y'all? We need to start looking at every day as another opportunity to embrace each other and to and to love on each other. I don't like. I know this is getting away from sports, but I don't like the direction that this country is going in. And I think we need to come together more as a whole. Like I'm sick of us being divided. We need to start loving on each other more. Listen, you guys. Um, we've talked about, you know going to away games and going to some games here. Listen, y'all, seriously, because the next moment is never promised. The next day is not promised. Dude, we need to get on that. We need to spend some time together. Like, seriously. Yeah, it really puts into perspective. It really do. Well said, too. Yeah, every, whenever something tragic like this happens, it really, for everybody, and especially myself, it opens my eyes to what's really important. And Yeah. Because, yeah, it's sad to, you never know. And, you know, those who are closest to you, you, you know, you want just try to spend whatever moments you can. Mm-hmm. And because it's really easy to take things for granted. Right. You never know when the last moment yeah. you speak to someone is. Yeah. Yeah. And Kobe will forever be in the history books. He, he stamped he, he stamped history. And when he went into the league, there was a whole generation that wanted to be like MJ. Yeah. And now there's a whole generation that wants to be like Kobe. Yeah. Like I, I was telling you guys before, like I kid you not, anybody younger than me, you know, you know, growing up, 
we're old enough that when we grew up, you know, we would ball up a paper ball and we would fade away and try to hit, you know, hit the shot and we would yell out, you know, Kobe. Listen, I, I kid you not. Anybody younger than me, if y'all don't make that and you scream out, Kobe, I'm slapping you. Like y'all laughing. I'm serious. I'm I'm slapping you. All right. I'm slapping the meat right off your bones. Seriously. Cause I listen now. I take that so serious, man. Like, uh, yo, yo, man, Kobe, Kobe had, was such an inspiration to me, man. He he will be missed, and I am, man. Yeah, I'm messed up. Let's go. Let's go through uh, the life of Kobe Bryant for a second. Uh, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the most decorated players in NBA history. Um, he played 20 seasons, and he was named All Star 18 times. Mm-hmm. Um, from he he went right into right into the NBA from high school. Lower Marion. Yeah, he's uh, he's local, so that's why even how tragic it is, it's even it hurts even more because it, it was like as if we had more of a chemistry with him because he's he's local, and it's, uh, he you know he proved his worth. He did by winning three consecutive championships from 2000 to 2002. Um, even beating us in 2001. I remember that series. Uh, he, he told us he was going to cut the hearts out of uh, Philly fans. So, Man. And he sure did. Yes, he did. And then to prove how even more of a great player he is, he wins two more without Shaq, 2009 and 2010. And mm-hmm. he had that 81-point game in 2006 against yep. the Raptors. I remember that one. Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, he just stamped his way in the history books. He did. No I feel like after his it. career, it was just that's one of the things that I've always focused on when you when you think back to his career and his life. Um, it's great to to know that he he's obviously and will continue to inspire the younger generation. But you know, he was doing other things too. He's writing kids' books. Mm-hmm. He's an Oscar winner. Yes. I mean, it's just it's crazy how. You know, like LeBron, two nights ago, he breaks. I mean, he's in the Kobe's in the news, right? That's LeBron crazy. passes him on the scoring list in Philly too. Yeah, it, he was not only a great athlete, but he was also a great role model. He was. Oh man, yes, yeah. I don't, I don't care. You know, the scandals about you know stuff. That's not what we're talking about, man. The fact that once again, the mentality that he had, you know, the focus that he had, he was, he was what all athletes dream to be no matter what sport you played no matter what sport you entered that's the work ethic that you wanted to model yourself after period yeah it's like it's like in these times you you want to ask yourself why you know like why now why kobe Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's almost like kobe bryant like it's kobe like kobe cannot be dead you know it's like Mm -hmm. um and it's just i i just want like his final tweet to lebron congratulating him and, and obviously, all, all the networks are showing memories, but to to be so, you know, he was global. He was a global guy. You know, he was. He's such a such a big public figure. And, and another thing to mention was all the support that that was poured out, and everybody going to Staples Center last night, and you know, crowd in the arena. That's where the Grammys were held last mm-hmm. night. They gave him a tribute as well. But, but look at the raw emotion that, you know, people have shown. Like, people are in tears. Like, I was in shock. I, I almost, man, I man, I came so close last night. I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me, man. Kobe, my idol, Kobe. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, now I got to go out, man. I got to buy a jersey. And I'm not even going to buy it to wear it. I'm going to buy it and frame it. That's how much he meant to me. Just a few years after retiring, he did so much. And yes. It, it seemed he was going to really change a lot of things. And he, he was on his way to do that, too. And it's a shame that it was, it was cut short. He did a lot for schools and mm-hmm. communities. Yeah, I feel like he was just going to make even a bigger impact off the court. Easily. And, and like like I said, guys, man, look, next moment is not promised to us. So everybody under the sound of my voice, man, if y'all got a quarrel with somebody, man, it ain't even worth it, man. Patch it up. Patch it up. Love on each other. Listen, y'all from the bottom of my heart, I love every single last one of y'all up in this studio, straight up. And listen, whatever trips we we got to go on, wherever we want to go, whatever sports events we we got to go to, doggone it, we got to do it. Let's let's do it. Let's get it done. I understand it's hard, you know, us having school schedules and work schedules, but look, yo man, I want to get it done. I want to start spending some more time with you guys. In all in all seriousness. Definitely, too, definitely. Yeah. This um It's like you you're trying to think of words and you're trying to go on with the show today and it's, Yeah. You know, we're just sitting here, and it's a lot. It's a lot. It'll to take in. a while to get over. Yeah, it's going to be a sure. minute. And our it's prayers are definitely with not only Kobe's family, but everyone who was on board. Yes. Yeah. That's well, less than 24 hours after the Super Bowl, as Patrick Mahomes gets a job done, beats the San Francisco 49ers, 31 of 20. After being down 10 points in the fourth quarter, he's able to make a comeback, 21 unanswered points. And it seems like the 49ers defense just didn't have an answer for him, slinging balls down the field. <laughs> It took him a while to get going. We saw the first three quarters. He didn't look like himself, but when it mattered most down the stretch, he was able to answer and deliver for Andy Reid and the Chiefs their first Super Bowl in a very long time. And I'm sure those Kansas City Chief fans are very happy. Uh, but I, listen, guys, I'll start just by saying it was a great game. I thought, you know, obviously last year's wasn't like as entertaining as hey, this year's hey, definitely. Hey, but hey, 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 shut up. Hey, see, see, you got to at least admit this, man. A lot of back and forth, and but. One person, and I'm not—I don't remember who it was specifically—brought up this point to me that he's been an assistant coach his whole career, and that's kind of what his mentality is in the locker room, possibly mm. because he doesn't push. Not saying he doesn't push him—that's not the right word to use—but he doesn't get on them. You know, he doesn't get on them when they're doing poorly. You know, he's not going to yell or scream. He's like kind of like babies him. I'm not going to say like he—it's—it's it's almost like a father-son. You know, they're all his son type relationship. You know, I mean, I'm not going to—I don't want to use that as an example, but. I'm, I'm almost thinking like he's not an aggressive enough coach sometimes. To really well, Max, can I ask you this? So, looking beyond Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, is there really anybody on this team that you look at and you see game changers? Al Horford, maybe. Game changer? Uh, Tobias Harris? Not Al Horford. Maybe. Tobias Harris went 9 of 17 against. Like, Memphis. I don't see anybody on this team beyond Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I don't look at them and say, you're going to help win me a championship. Listen, Tobias Harris and Al Horford so, are getting paid like game changers, but no, I, I yeah, don't no, think. I don't I'm not s- saying I'm not gonna. I don't think the right word to use would be game changer. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think they you are. Understand what I'm saying I, to you. I know you know going back to the past is useless, but if you just add 400k to a con to Tobias's contract, that's Jimmy Butler right there. Jimmy Butler. How many games did Jimmy Butler by himself win last year? I know it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. So it's a good, a good yeah. Take. Good, good segment right there. Thank Way you. to go intro I, with that. I, I, I know, I know. No receiver, receiver, but I mean, nah. Is there any other position where you could see? Okay, this is where we're going afterwards. After we get our receiver, I can say receiver and corner, corner or corner defensive end, 
Yeah, corner defensive end or a, what probably will surprise me because they have been looking at a lot of prospects at this position, center. Well, T, I, I agree. Know, I, would love to see, uh, I would love to see an edge rusher. Go ahead, Tanner. However unlikely, you know, the Eagles could surprise us all and get four straight wide receivers. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it's it could possibly happen. Okay, if it happens, but, if it happens, I'm I'm finding where Howie Roseman lives and I'm slapping like straight up. Who specifically are you out of the wide receivers? Who would you low be life. most comfortable with? You got Rugs. Uh, you know, I saw some Justin uh, or Jefferson. Jefferson. I don't like Justin Jefferson for the simple fact that we don't need another damn slot receiver. He's a slot receiver, guys. Like I don't know, I don't understand what the allure with him is with the Eagles. I, I I kid you not. He is talented. I will give you that. But at the same time, we don't. I don't want another Jordan Matthews because that's exactly what he's going to be for us. Uh, all right, boys. Are we ready to talk about this next pick? Uh, just rip the bandaid off, too. jeez. Uh, I I'm I'm befuddled. I'm confused. Who's the pick? I'm taken aback. I'm shocked. You almost sound hurt. Uh, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, what? I don't know what the heck is going on. I don't know what the heck they were thinking with this draft pick. How in the hell do you draft a damn quarterback in the second freaking round? I'm sorry. Please make some sense out of this for me. Please, fellas, please tell me I'm crazy. Please tell me I'm the crazy one. And you guys, like you guys tell me all the time, hey, T, I understand you're the football guy, but you're going crazy with this. Please tell me I'm going crazy. Please tell me I'm not the only one who thinks about this. I just think that as Philadelphia fans in the city, if we heard these picks go in real time and everybody was at the draft, we would just hear all the boos. And to make matters worse, yeah. People would have booed Rager because they wanted Jefferson. That's just how Philly fans are. But then to add Hurts, the quarterback in the second round, that would have made that would have been the icing on the cake. That, that, that to just make matters worse and and people fans even more angry. Go go Rager, a guy they probably never heard of, and then go Jalen Hurts, a quarterback who we probably did, or I mean I know we all probably didn't think we needed him. Obviously, Howie and Doug have something else up their sleeve. But uh, what? Chris, my, that's just my T- opinion. T- Max, th- this draft pick straight up tells me that they are not confident in Carson Wentz staying healthy for a whole season. Yeah, it's definitely... That's that's exactly what this pick tells me. Because you don't pick a guy who's going to be riding... You intend to have ride bench the whole time in the second round. Here's my point I want to make real quick. If Wentz doesn't get hurt against Seattle, and if we actually win that game, because you got to remember, Wentz started a full 16 games last year. If Wentz yeah. doesn't have that freak injury, if he beats Seattle, even if he loses to Seattle, are we making this pick here in the second round? I'm Probably not. Probably oh. not. So that's just that's something you got to think about, man. It's, it's we would have yeah. we probably drafted Jake Fromm from in the fourth or fifth round. There you go. Some I'll tell you what. Happens, man. And, and this is this is what you know. It has it has future uh, repercussions for it. You know, um, if if Wentz doesn't get hurt, you know, down the line here, look at that one play influences. Howie's decision to take hurts, in my opinion. Now, me and Max were talking back and forth um, when this happened, and you know we noticed J.K. Dobbins was still on the board, and Max I, Max was saying that he wanted the Eagles to draft him. I was like, no way, he's still going to be there. Uh, there's teams like you know the Buccaneers and yeah. um, 
teams like that that definitely need a running back and he would make sense for it. But then our pick comes up and we and and as Max said, J.K. Dobbins is right there for us. He's he's in our lap. He's couldn't fell that far. You know, wait, waiting for us. And then we draft a quarterback, also named. I guess we have something for Jalen's. Um, mm. And at at overall fifty third pick, obviously you knew Jalen uh, Hurts was going to get picked in this round, but uh, I wasn't sure that he was going to go to the Eagles and like. Like you guys said, does this what's this do for Carson Wentz? Uh, does this put more pressure on him, and does he benefit from this? That uh, the the organization drafts a quarterback in the second round, and a quarterback well known who was almost a Heisman winner. He was he came in second. Now Joe Burrow did win by a landslide, um, but Jalen Hurts received uh, the second most votes. Yeah, his, his we know it's hard. Uh, personally, my opinion on this, and I'll stay right now. This is a bad contract. It's really? a bad contract. Mm-hmm. It's forty-five million dollars a year, and uh, I'm not saying Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Like, don't get me wrong, he's the best quarterback in the league. But I think the guy who runs the show and the reason why this is all a success is one guy, and that's Andy Reid. I think if Andy Reid isn't the head coach of the Chiefs, you put in Matt Lafleur, you put in, you put in a bum, any Joe Schmo what? in there. I don't think Mahomes or the Chiefs are running on all cylinders. I really think that Andy Reid. You don't, you I really don't think, think they're going to go there? You don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl again? I think mm-hmm. they'll make it to the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, right? I do. But I'm looking back on history, and I personally, in my opinion, don't think you need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I think you need a good quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I don't think you need a great one. I think you invest in the O-line. I think you invest in the D-line and pass rush. And, yeah, you need talent. You need guys like Tyree Hill, Tyree Hill, and you need guys like Kelsey. You need difference makers. Uh, you know, Chris Jones just got another nice contract with the Chiefs as well. But $45 million a year, um, and I get it. <laughs> like, I get it. Right now, Mahomes top of the world right now. But um, when I sit here and I think, you know, long-term success, right, look at the Patriots. Did Brady, and I don't know off the top of my head, I don't want to say anything false, but I don't remember Brady ever having a mega contract, right? Even at the end of his career in New England, took less money, so they get guys in there, pay them more, yeah. and that's Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. So, I don't know. I love Mahomes. One of my favorite players to watch in the league, no doubt, no doubt about it. But when I look at this and I look about Super Bowl wins and rings, do I see Mahomes winning five Super Bowl rings in the next ten years? I don't. I, I just think it's too hard. You know, I really do. I think Lamar Jackson's right there. If John Harbaugh remains the coach there in Baltimore and he gets Lamar's postseason, you know, mind figured out because, you know, he loses his mind in the postseason the last two years. If he figures that out, look out for the Ravens too. Um, but, again, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I can't wait. Shut I do think yeah. he wins another one. I'm not going to say he doesn't win. Another. I do think he wins another one, maybe two, like Tanner said. But five, four or five, I don't think so. I mean, it's just going to be too tough. Man, like I said, half, half a billion dollars, dog, on it. <laughs> half a billion, T. You know, how you build a team? How you build a team with that? Hey, you that know, ain't, you invest in one that ain't player. My, that ain't my problem to figure out. That's Kansas City Chiefs and their fans' problems. I got my I own issues back here. And, and maybe Tanner, I don't know. Tanner's, I feel like Tanner's on the fence, but T, look. Look at the, a perfect example are, you know, our Philadelphia Eagles, right? Nick Foles, you know, guy we just got. You know, he's a backup. He comes oh, in and we win the Super Bowl. But look at the. You know, we had a D-line. We had an O-line that was just dominant. You know, you win in the trenches. You know that. And we were also uh, lucky. Let's be honest here. A lot of that was uh, luck. Don't, don't because how m- Our secondary, see, listen, you got, I'll give you all the credit on that one. Our secondary was not good. 
But Secondary was we were horrible. able to get pass rush and listen. But what won us the game in the end of the day? The pass, pass rush. rush. Exactly. Yeah, and Tom Brady still edges. lit the defense up for over 500 yards, which was ridiculous. Let me ask you this question. You take three really great D linemen, or do you take a half a billion dollar quarterback? Which one are you picking? Oh, defense wins championships. You know defense me. I'm a defensive line, guy. 100%. You get Fletcher Cox. You get Miles Garrett in there. You get Yannick Ngakwe. That adds up to $450 million right there. You got the best D line in the league. And you just get a solid quarterback. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like somebody just plug in there. Like, uh, uh, Matt, Matt Stafford, Ryan. Matt Ryan, or, yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan, Stafford. Matt Ryan. You know, somebody that's not great. Oh enough, gosh. you know, top five, oh, but he's God. good enough to win a Super Bowl. Listen, oh God. I think if you if you get to a Super Bowl, you know, oh, uh, Colin Cowherd had a great. I know not everybody's a Colin Cowherd fan. He had a great example the other day. He said, you know, if you're nominated for an Oscar, you're good enough to win an Oscar. If you get to the Super Bowl, you're Matt Ryan. You're good enough to win a Super Bowl. Oh, bunch of low lifes. <laughs> Many people heard about. If anybody did, so um, we'll rock with the Eagles first and dive right on into it. Um, See, I want to get your thoughts as a preview to start with. What's your expectations going into this Sunday's game? Um, You know, no preseason for these guys. You know, we've heard some things throughout training camp. Um, You know, obviously lost Jalen Rager, which was probably a big loss, at least for week one. Um, So what are your expectations? What are you thinking? What are you seeing? So my expectations for this football team are, are, are still pretty high. Um, considering the fact that you still have returning veterans on the team, you know, the Carson Wentz's, the Lane Johnson's, um, the Jason Kelsey's on the team, and especially on the defensive side, I do expect to see some kind of improvement, especially from the cornerback position, considering that we traded for Darius Slay, who we all know from the Detroit Lions was a shutdown corner for all of his career. Um, we upgraded the safety position with Will Parks. Um, Jalen Mills moved to safety, which is still a question mark, but you know, it, there's you know this optimism there. I think we've all cried about that on on this show that we think that um, Jalen Mills will be better at the safety position. Um, Lyman, I, I say I express concern only because of the defensive ends and the depth at defensive end because I just feel like you know from the defensive end position there is a lack of sacks that I would like to see from that position. But I think the defensive tackles, hopefully, I have hope and optimism that they're going to make up for that. So the only thing that concerns me about the defense is the linebacker position because they're young, they're inexperienced. But hopefully, you know, we found some um, diamonds in the rough with TJ Edwards and Duke, the Duke Rileys and the Nate Garys. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm pretty hopeful. They're going up, you know, they're going up against now considered now they're called the Washington Football Team, which is which is it's so Boy, weird. What's that? I, it, it's so weird calling them that because <laughs> I'm, I'm used to calling them what they were they used to be called all those years ago, and it's like okay, it, it, it mean it took y'all long enough to take change some the name. Time to get used to it. It, it will, it, it will, it will. But it's all good. But back to the Eagles. Um, but yeah, my expectations have have not withered. They have not changed. I still expect this team to uh, perform up to the standards that we hope. They would have. I at least have this team going um, 10, 11 wins at the most. That's just me personally. I just feel like with the offensive weapons they've added, at, especially at the wide receiver position with uh, Jalen Rager and John Hightower and all a bunch of these uh, speedy guys and Deshaun Jackson returning, that the offense should open up. You know, that was the big thing that we complained about uh, this past season was the fact that, you know, everything was dink and dunk and, you know, we didn't really – have faith in the receivers and we thought the receivers didn't really wasn't really doing their jobs so 
now with us having more speed and being able to um, being able to stretch the field, being able to prevent that extra safety from coming into the box and stuffing the run, now that gives the with the speed that we have now at the wide right receiver position, that now gives us um, extra, you know, extra play calls that we can call that Doug Peterson can call um, for for the offense. So I'm pretty optimistic. Tanner, how about you? What do you got going on? What do you think is going to happen with uh, this team going in Sunday? Again, like we mentioned, um, the defense. Kind of, there's some question marks there, especially with the linebackers. An offensive line is probably a big question mark as well. So what do you think? Yeah, i got to be honest with you guys. I'm not as optimistic as T is. I believe it's you, – you can expect both these teams to come out a little slow. Not everyone can play like the Chiefs did last night yeah, in their first good. game back, especially without the, the training in the offseason and the practice. Yeah, that's true. Um Carson, listen, he's going to have a real hard time back there uh, on Sunday. He's got the offensive line is not in good shape. I hear you. Um, there's the beast on the other side of the line, Chase Young. He's going to be a problem. For, uh, it's an outrage. Huge, huge piece for uh, Washington. And our wide receivers, the same problem, it seems like, every year. We just just not good luck in that position i believe alshon jeffrey is hurt now um i, I don't I think he still I'm has not, the um same same injury from the previous season that's never healed. right um, that foot injury still, uh yeah they're they're still looking on that uh, obviously you mentioned earlier no rager uh goodwin he opted out before the season even started so you have deshaun jackson who hasn't played a full game since this time last year against team, eight catches he had uh, a great game that's a great game uh and then you have ward greg ward uh, he's going to be a big a bigger piece to this offense earlier in the season than what he was last year and then um you have um jj he's gonna be apparently he's been bad in the um in the offseason this year and they're gonna get him more they're gonna carson's gonna pass the ball to him more but back to this overall matchup, I'm just not very optimistic about. I look back on the uh, on the schedule predictions that I had uh, from the beginning when the schedule was released. Do we know it's I hard. Had, I have this matchup as a loss, and I think really? I, I think I'm still gonna go with that. Really? Now, albeit I have the overall the overall. Um, record as 10 and 6 but i i think last year we thought maybe the eagles were going to lose to washington uh they pulled it out in the end but uh, i i think the eagles might um might lose this one on sunday it's ridiculous well i gotta admit that's a pretty bold prediction there i don't know if i go that far but but just from my my two cents on this um i think the offensive line is probably our biggest issue right now i i know jason peters is like gonna play but he really hasn't been that great of a player in now what, three years, you know, and on top of that, hasn't been able to stay healthy. So when I look at this team right now, it's, there's a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz, and there's not a lot of talent on the outside. I mean, there's new faces, of course, but, you know, Alshon's still hurt, and Rager's hurt again, or I guess hurt now at this point. So um, it's, it's, it's a headache on the offensive side of the ball because I know Carson's going to be pressured. I just don't want him to get hurt. You know, that's the big thing. You know, Miles Sanders has a tweaked hamstring already. So I think this team goes seven and nine, eight and eight. That's what wow. I'm looking at. I'm, I'm not, not going to say that they lose on Sunday, though. I think they do beat 
the Dwayne Haskins-led Washington football team. Um, and I emphasize that because Haskins is a big question mark. He was pretty below average last year. And, you know, I just don't have any faith in him as a starter right now in this league. So I think we wow. definitely have the advantage when it comes what to the – What the hell is going on? By miles. Hey, don't, don't forget who's leading this um, leading this team now. You got Ron Rivera, first-year coach for the, for the Reds. He's dangerous. You've He's seen dangerous. him coach players like Cam Newton in Carolina and what he might be able to do with Dwayne Haskins. He could turn this kid's whole career around this season. He could, um, but it yeah. is week one. Remember that it is week yeah. one. So he'll have definitely have time to grow. And maybe by our second meeting with the Reds, I said it, the Redskins with the Washington <laughs> football team, the second meeting with the Washington football team we have with what? them this season, maybe they get, get, get a W on us. But um, I'm also looking at the schedule. I see the Steelers. I see the 49ers, the Packers, you know, just teams that are always dangerous. And, um, you know, I, I think we're worse than we were last year. And last year we were nine and seven. So, um, I just think the offensive line is going to be a problem all season long. I think uh, hopefully the defensive line, you know, with a healthy Fletcher Cox now, who said he was banged up last year, and um, we're also getting Malik Jackson back on the D-line. Hopefully we can get some pass rush. Look, we need Derek yes. Barnett to step up this season yes. and get to the quarterback. He's been a major disappointment so far. I think one thing that's always going to help us is Jim Schwartz. I think he's an excellent defensive coordinator. Um, I do. I, I think he's good. I, I think he's better than advertised. Let's What's say he I don't for? think he gets mentioned enough. And, um, you know, I, I think that if we just manage these players better, and what I mean by that is we had to go out and pay big-time money to Darius Slay because of the fact that Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. If one of those guys did, for example, we could have taken that money we had to we, we had to pay big play Slay and could have taken that and put it, you know, invested it in the O-line. So it's going to be an interesting season. And um, I'm look, I mean, I'm ex- listen, every football season is exciting, but mm-hmm. I'm tempering my expectations. So I think I, I, the best way to put it is I'm cautiously optimistic. I am highly disappointed because, I, okay, we all predicted the loss. We, we all predicted, all three of us predicted, that the Philadelphia Eagles would lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, I did not expect that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was really a team that's really built – um, today on its defense to keep teams pretty much under 20 points um, and for their offense to just pretty much grind everything out. That's pretty much how their team is built. I did not expect them to hang a 38-point bird on us. That I did not see coming. Okay, that was absolutely pitiful, outrageous, and just utterly stupid play calling on on behalf of Jim Swartz. All right? It, this loss falls square on him. And I don't care what anybody says about his lack of talent, about the simple fact that, you know, he's he doesn't have any linebackers and all this types of stuff, and, and the lack of cornerback depth and de- and safety depth. Look, all that stuff is true, and I'll, I'll give everybody that. That's perfectly fine. But what you cannot, you cannot make an excuse for is play calling. If you know that you have a deficiency, you do everything that you can to cover up that deficiency. Okay, for example, one thing that I thought was a strength on this team, it was our defensive line. But we only got to Ben Roethlisberger one time on Sunday. That's pitiful. That's sorry. That's just, that's outrageous. We're paying this defensive line so much money to get to the quarterback, but yet and still they're not doing the one job that we're paying them for, and that is getting to the damn quarterback. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for it. All right? There is absolutely... No reason why this this defensive line 
should be underperforming the way they're doing. All right, we're not even going to talk about the linebackers. We already know that they're sorry, all right? We already know that. And then to make matters worse, and one of the things that I broke, and I broke it down on this week's Gridiron Films episode, all right, if your, pred- if your defense is predicated on getting to the quarterback, then your corners ought to be playing closer to the line of scrimmage, if I'm not mistaken, if that's, if that's, that's your strategy. Because when your corners play seven-plus yards off the line of scrimmage, that allows, you know, the right receiver to first off get a free release. So now he's running at full force. Then that opens up a whole mill of possibilities like the comeback route, the curl route, the hitch route, you know, real quick, you know, five-yard five yard catch. You know, easy stuff that's, that's, you know, that can build momentum for an offense. And then... When you start, when those cornerbacks, as we've seen with Jalen Mills year after year after year, when they start biting on that, uh, when they start biting on that route, then they get beat over the top. And that's all, that's pretty much what we've seen the entire game against Pittsburgh. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. I am so sick and tired of seeing the damn right receiver end around. Why have we not figured out how to stop that damn play? For what? Are you kidding me? What is wrong with this team? What is wrong with Jim Swartz? We've seen yeah, it every Jim. year, Listen, and it has I, we, not we, been we, stopped. We all agree with you. It's been a frustrating. According to what's going on on the, on the field. And that's as, that's about as basic as I can put it. All right? If you've seen that Chase Claypool was going off and pretty much beating every corner, all right, let's make some adjustments. Let's have your linebackers drop off underneath, all right? If, you've, if you're going to have your corners play over the top of Chase Claypool, have your linebackers drop off underneath and really look after Chase Claypool. And then one of the most inexcusable things I think I have ever seen, okay, Chase Claypool at that point had three touchdowns, three touchdowns. How do you not know to keep an eye on him this time in the most crucial part of the game when he's lined up in the damn slot and you have your worst linebacker on the team? All right. Oh, and, and Nate Gary lined up against him. Are you kidding me right now? Where? Who was supposed? Nobody was going to call a timeout. Nobody was going to adjust. Nobody seen. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This ain't cool. This ain't cool. Call timeout or shift the defense. Oh, the only thing you're going to say in the press conference is, oh, well, you know, Big Ben just made a good adjustment and he made an audible. You, you, you make a stinking audible. You have plenty of time to make a damn audible your damn self. There's no excuses. <laughs> Uh, the whole city of Philadelphia hears you on that point. What I see happening all game is our players are just going to get the Josh Norman treatment. They're going to get thrown <laughs> over off the whole field. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of Josh Normans on the field. Thrown over. Yeah, what do you guys? Be embarrassing. Think? It's what, funny to me too. I, I think we all know where the season's headed. From the top, honestly, Jeffrey Laurie has to see exactly what the heck is going on. He has to understand that honestly, man. What? 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 is going out there on the field today is just a straight up cluster all right it's 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 horrible like yeah. and it starts with howie roseman it starts with the fact that this man cannot draft he stinks at drafting and that is the one of the core things that good teams great teams build upon you know the one know the reason why that the dallas cowboys are ahead of us right now drafting they draft well Yes, they're still the Dallas Cowboys, and they choke at the end of it all the time. But the reason why they're able to keep their heads afloat is drafting. They draft well. The Seattle Seahawks, even after getting rid of the Legion of Boom, you know what's keeping them afloat? Drafting. You want to know why the Cincinnati Bengals are on the rise? 
drafting the Bills, drafting young players that they're developing, coaching them up and bringing them into the system, putting them in the position that makes them succeed the most. We don't do that. We put square pegs in round holes. We draft projects. I don't have a problem with us drafting Jalen Rigger, but in the second round, we could have picked up a linebacker. All right, but instead we wasted it on Jalen Hurts. Then in a third round, we did draft the linebacker, which we have yet to see so far. And Devion Teller, supposedly he's a project because he's only played football for two years. Why would you draft a project that high? I've always said in the first three rounds is where good and great teams are separated from. Those rounds are picks that help the foundation of a football team. We stink at the at, at that in recent years. Okay, let's go back. Let's just talk first rounders. All right. So Jalen Rager's hurt, but Jalen Rager has showed promise. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attack I'm not gonna that. Say that he showed promise, but he he he's he shown promise. He's got potential. Yes, he's got potential. He, he he caught the ball. Compared the ball. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the rest yeah. of the guys I'm about to bring up. He can unfast. There you go. Okay, Andre Dillard. Injury reserve was behind Jason Pierce. Has yet to see the field. Dillard's time is uh, is almost up. If Jordan Mailata keeps playing the way he does, yes, is Jordan Mailata is the future left left tackle. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, um, Derek Barnett. All right, still has yet to have a double digit sack season. This is this is disappointing. I want to ask you guys this question. When's the last time the Eagles picked a player and you jumped out of your seat and you were like, wow, that's a great pick. I'm excited. And you're jumping for joy. It's been a nice little I while. Even when Carson got drafted, we kind of knew that he was going to be taken. You know, it's not like yeah. he jumped up and we were, you know, excited. Like, yeah, we, we kind of knew it was already coming. I don't remember a single time where, you know, I've, I've heard a name picked where I got up and I was like, wow, like, yes, like this guy's a stud, especially you guys know me being a big college football fan. Like yep. I watch a lot of college players. I don't know. I haven't. We're going to go ahead, Tanner. What do you think? Have you heard? What, what is the I, name? I, where you I liked, like? I liked Miles Sanders getting picked, although it was speculated. I did like seeing Miles Sanders get picked by us and watching I liked him play it. at Penn State. I was able to see his, I was able to see his best game at Penn State. I liked it, but I didn't I jump for joy. For what he can do. Yeah, exactly. I, I liked it, but I didn't jump for joy necessarily. Now, I think the last time I honestly I jumped for joy was on two occasions, and that was when LaShawn McCoy was drafted and Fletcher Cox was drafted. That's the only oh. times I've jumped for joy for a draft. Fletcher pick. Cox is probably. Tanner, we're going to come after you for sending that damn uh, Ben Simmons <laughs> three-point jumper. Um, other Shout than out that, to you for that big job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you big WHW guy over here. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm moving up in the world, I guess. There you go. All right. And listen, from my family and from us, all of us and our families to yours, have a happy holiday, safe holiday, happy Thanksgiving. Excuse me, guys. I got to go fry up some turkeys. <laughs> <laughs>
The white sign with the 76ers. No! Breaking no, news got, right I, here. I, I got to make this post. Hold on. I got to make this post. Breaking news right here on the Philly Experience Podcast. Devontae Smith, you, you, is your priority here lay in the hands of a wide receiver, even though we just took one in the first round last year? I think it has to. Uh, but also, it depends on how Jalen Hurts does with the remainder of the season um, because I I not, I not don't think Jalen Hurts is going to establish himself as a franchise quarterback at the end of this season. But I think if Carson Wentz uh, starts doing so terribly uh, next season in the beginning too and we have the same situation, I think that they're going to need to they're going to need to keep that in mind while drafting in this draft and figure out the players that their quarterback that they think that they're going to go to in the future is going to have a, a nice setup. And we're mentioning Howie Roseman and his mistakes at drafting. And I don't think we're going to get a different draft unless we have a different guy, a uh, different GM drafting. And just to go back, Jordan Matthews, uh, we selected him over Devontae Adams. That was Chip uh, Kelly. J.J. Arthega Whiteside over – well, yeah. Our, this is as a team, as a team, yeah. the drafting yeah, I, for I, I wide receivers. J.J. Ortega White side over D.K. Metcalf, and of course Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, who we all assumed that we—I personally assumed that we were going to get Justin Jefferson um, with the other one uh, wide receivers going off the board, and I thought that's who they said. They said J, and then I thought here here's Justin Jefferson, but Jalen Rager, some guy that I've barely even heard of before. I, and I will go on record as saying this. I said that, you know, I didn't think Justin Jefferson was the right pick. I, I did say that, and I, I I swore up and down that he was just a slot receiver. But, man, he has lit up the NFL. His route running is crisp for somebody of his experience in the NFL. And, the ability, and his ability to get open by himself is, bar none, some of the be- most beautiful thing – I have ever seen, so I'm gonna give myself one of these. You big dummy! I'll take that gracefully. Well, it happens to the best of us. I'm gonna state an unpopular opinion right now, and that I could argue is that Miles Sanders wasn't a good pick either. One, because not not that he's not talented, but because of the fact that we haven't even used him. Right? We're only using him with eight to ten carries a game. I'd much rather have a proven second round linebacker to help out, you know, T.J. Edwards and Alex Singleton, because that that core is just absolutely abysmal. And also on top of that, you don't need to have a solid running back or, you know, first, second round running back to win in this league. I'd much rather have a solid right guard, a solid center, a tackle, something, because you need depth at those positions. We won a Super Bowl with LeGarrette Blount, with Corey Clement, with Jay Ajayi, like we've mentioned before. And I just don't think at the time, even I didn't, I knew Miles Sanders was talented. So that's why I didn't hate the pick, but I knew there was other needs that we uh, yeah. should have acquired at the draft. I mean, you look later on, you know, not in that specific draft, but you have Alan Kamara, third-round pick. And I want to point out even Miles Gaskin with the with the Dolphins this year, a seventh-round pick. I mean, you just don't draft running backs high. Look at Zeke this year. Yeah. When he doesn't have an offensive line, he's having his worst season of his career. So it doesn't matter who your running back is. You don't take one that high. You, you invest in the, in the cornerback position. You invest in the pass-rushing position. You invest in the O line first, and then you got to get you got to hit. You got that's why you're you're getting paid the GM. You got to hit on those fifth, those fourth, fifth round picks, uh, and hopefully get talent that way. And then that's when you have free agency. You don't go into the offseason throw all your money on the table for Darius Slut because you're just making up issues. You couldn't you couldn't succeed in the draft with those corner positions. Back. Right. 
Um, I want to get your thoughts here on Jake Elliott, though, missing a 22-yard field goal attempt. Now, again, we won the game, so it's probably not the first priority or the first thought that comes to mind with this. Do we know it's hard? It's kicking situation. But Jake Elliott's been shaky all year long, uh, and I'm sure you don't like what you see from him. I've been on record as saying that I hate kickers, and that continues still to this day. Um, kickers have one job, okay, from my understanding. You know, they don't run scrimmages with the rest of the team. You know, they don't, you know, go into the weight room and work on weights and whatnot. You're a damn kicker. Your one job is to kick it through the uprights, and Jake Elliott has been highly disappointing this entire season. And at this point, man, if you can't do your job, then guess what? You know what you can do, Jake Elliott? Straight up. Get the f- just get out. Get out. I don't need your services. I can find another kicker. You better get yourself together. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for another job. And I, it, like it, it, It's disappointing considering the fact that, you know, from long range, he's more reliable. But the but the gimmies, the gimme kicks that I yeah. really expect you to hit, now they're question marks. But now you're, you've been a question mark this entire season. I have a problem with that. Like I said, you're a kicker. What are you, yep. what are you missing kicks for? Anyway. All right, so... My fellas who are, who are holding down the show here, Kyle and Tyir. Kyle is the uh, – Kyle's like Yoda in there. Got my and, Padawan back here? Exactly. Yeah. And, and Tyir is in, is in training mode, and he's about to – by tomorrow he'll be running the station. Yeah. So I tasked them with, with something here to go back. So the, 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 for, by, according to 538, which is a great website for a number, sports and everything else, you know, you were – into the whole, you know, presidential race and, and some of the predictors and all that. It was it was a it's a good follow. Anyway, um, they had the Eagles at 11 percent chance right now as we go into week 14. Is that we are week 14. Yeah, week 14 of the NFL season. They have them at an 11 percent chance of winning the NFC East. So I, I asked the guys to look up what the percentage was in 2018 and 2019 with three games left. If you remember, the Eagles in both circumstances had to win out and had to get help to win the division. All right, so, Kyle, what were the percentages in the 2018 season at this point in time going into this game? Oh, uh, I actually have the 2019 up here. Go 19. Okay, so going into this game, week 14, we're sitting at about – Oh, uh, 34. Oh, all right. Yeah. In, in Significantly 19. higher. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it took a massive dip here. Yeah, so December 1st, we were below 20. And that was right before the, or right after that was the Miami the, game. That was before the run of four games. Yes, right right after the Miami game. After they got smoked in Miami last year, which game was hideous. So, what, what, I'm sorry, what was it again at that point? Uh, right before the Miami game, yeah. it was right below 20. Okay, so pretty close at that point. Yep. Okay, oh, and now okay. I have uh, I have twenty eighteen right here. So right. I had them uh, I had them backwards. So yep. now at this point, man, they were they were way lower. They were like sixteen, maybe. Really? Around this time? Yeah. So very close to the eleven percent. Yeah, I would. Yeah, probably because I mean they had to go in and play what Houston and L A. at that yeah. point. That's I had to why. go to L A. Yeah. Beat Houston. You remember that Sunday afternoon? Yep. I, oh, I was there. I was in the uh, Houston game. You were, yeah. yeah. I, I had to do. Uh, I think Glenn was under the weather, 
So I filled it and did the pregame show that day. There you go. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, uh, and that was a. You remember the throw where Wentz is in his own end zone and he and uh, Jadavian Clowney just straight drills uh, him in the stadium. Foles, you mean? I uh, Foles. I yeah. Mean, sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, the stadium. I thought went, he was dead. The stadium went berserk. I thought he was dead. And it, like you know, like Nick Foles is like a real mild mannered dude. When yeah. he got up and looked at the referee, like what the hell, man? Yeah. You then knew. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was crazy. All right. So that's interesting. I mean, very similar circumstance, right? Eagles have to win out, and starting, obviously, last week. Have to get all kinds of help and have the backup quarterback in there. We have seen this movie before. Good work, fellas. Tyre, good work. Yeah, I've got to give Tyre the credit there. All he right, I got you. That's Temple, man. That's how we roll. Not IUP people would have struggled with that. Yeah, well, we did struggle with it. Okay. 